Hello everyone, I'm Nacho Bassino. Welcome to a new episode of 100 Product Strategies. I'm really glad today to have Nina Schneider with me, Chief Product Officer at Sharpany, and also my classmate at INSEAD, the Product Management Executive Program. Very nice class we did together. Today we are going to try to talk about uh, strategy formulation in a product that can have a very wide set of use cases can be used for multiple purposes, but maybe to explore in more in detail that part, we should speak about what Sharpani does. But so before we jump into that, Nina, welcome to the, to the show. Thank you so much, uh, Nacho. Thank you for inviting me uh, and being able to be here. Can you tell us about yourself, what, what you have been doing, what you are doing today and what is Sharpani? Yes, of course. Uh, so I um, define myself today as a product leader um, and I am specialized in B2B, business to business, and um, um, also working with large enterprises. And um, in that uh, sense, that's the experience I've built on. I have a background in business and strategy. And um, I got to product from project uh, and um, it, it's a world that opened up for me. Um, I've always wanted to become a diplomat. Um, I studied international relations and sometimes it feels <laughs> like the job I'm doing <laughs> is actually a living part of that because um, in product um, I've worked a lot in building bridges um, and working with um, also the go-to-market side, so sales and customer success, and then within the department uh, between design, product, um, and engineering. And um, you asked me about Sherpany as well. Uh, so Sherpany, yeah. uh, what we're doing is we help leaders uh, transform their meetings into a place where culture is lived and um, instruments for them to actually bring their teams to peak performance. Um, in more concrete terms, uh, we talk about um, building a meeting management solution. So it's a it's a uh, software service that we offer to enterprises. Perfect, perfect. And that's what I meant. I mean, I'm sure that if we think about managing meetings, there are plenty of use cases, plenty of uh, yeah, opportunities you can pursue in different directions. So I'm really curious to to learn more about that. And maybe to get started with that, uh, the uh, initial question uh, that I usually do maybe to build on top of that afterwards is how is your product strategy process? Yes. Um, so last time I did it was uh, last year. We, we do have a yearly process and the product strategy process is embedded in the company strategy process um, that uh, starts uh, middle of the year. And it starts with clarity um, on where we stand. So it's an analysis on our numbers, metrics, KPIs, um, to really have a good picture um, on where we stand. And then um, the company, so the CEO formulates the top-down goals um, that um, our refinement usually of the business plan that we have uh, built for several years. And based on that, um, we then um, take those goals and define the strategy from our department, which we call bottom up. Um, and that includes understanding how do we achieve those goals, uh, breaking it down into the initiatives that um, we need to do, and then also how the organization looks like um, to get there. 
And then we have a conversation, <laughs> which we call sausage making. <laughs> and um, uh, the reason for that is that it's the moment where we need to align top down and bottom up. So sometimes um, also looking at the budget, uh, we come up with uh, different numbers, our feasibility or reality of the goals that we can achieve, but then also very much alignment cross department um, on what are dependencies or priorities we're working on um, and does that really come together as a whole or not. Um, the process is finalized um, end of November um, usually and then we go into actually defining uh, and breaking down things into OKRs and into the roadmap um, for the first quarter that's then more done on a rolling basis. Yeah, perfect. I got it. So, one, a couple of things that uh, I would like to explore a bit more. Um, you said that this is part of the company strategy. How do you do? You do differentiate the product strategy from the company strategy. Mm, I mean, like in in really basic terms, it's about different goals. So there's the company goals, and then they are broken down into contributions um, for each department. But um, typically for a company goal, there's usually more than one department that has a contributing goal into that. Uh, let me try to be even more concrete. So one of the company goals is um, to achieve a certain target in our net promoter score. Now the contributing uh, product goal into that is the product satisfaction score and the target that we achieve in there. And product satisfaction is measured in the product, whereas NPS is more the general metric of satisfaction of customers with the company. And we do have metrics in the other departments as well. So this is a really neat example how the company goal, you know, is broken down into department contributions into that. Very clear, thank you. Um, this, the other question is, uh, you mentioned the looking at the metrics, so where we stand, um, I'm curious about the other things you look into part of that process. So for instance, I don't know, I'm not sure if there are many competitors in your field or uh, industry trends or things like that. Is that part of analysis as well? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, we focus, I would say, more on our own um, metrics. So, and that can be qualitative or quantitative. So one of the deep dives that we've been doing has been around the, um, the main roles that we serve as part of the product and understanding them, like the, the customer profile, so pains, gains, jobs to be done, um, and being really specific around uh, mapping those and how much of our product already um, satisfies them or where we have gaps and needs. Um, and then um, really also looking um, in depth at you know, usage patterns and how the product is being used. Um, yeah, we do look at competition we did definitely do that when we had a discussion on company level, how do we position ourselves? And that was something that was done also together with product. Um, but we have a good understanding of where we want to be um, in the market and what market we have defined and what competitors are in the space. Um, but that like 
ultimately to achieve our goals, we we focus more on what we need to do for our users and in our product. Perfect. And, and that's a, a good point. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming here, but not really sure, but I would assume that um, maybe in this uh, top level analysis, the product team has a lot of uh, deep level understanding either of user research or, or user behavior within the product. How do you contribute in this analysis from the product side to, to understanding this big picture with this say, detailed understanding of how the user is behaving? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, maybe um, it was a bit special how um, it happened at Chirpany because I was involved in both levels of the analysis. I was actually the one who started um, and it was one of the jobs that was given to me when I joined Chirpany because I have a background or um, in the previous company, I moved from product much more into go to market and um, I was leading the product marketing team. So one of the uh, jobs that I had there was more um, the analysis also from a market perspective and understanding the market. And so I, I, I kind of led that and then I added, so to speak, more of the details that we have on the product side. But what we did as a big exercise, not in this last strategy process, but in the one two years ago, was actually that as a company, we aligned on understanding the value proposition both from mm -hmm. a company perspective, so the customer we're serving and the roles around the customer, so the buyer roles and growth roles, and on the other hand, the user um, mm -hmm. that we're looking at. And we clarified that the responsibility of users is with the product and the responsibility of the company view is with marketing and then sales and customer success kind of like thread that, that, that line. I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but I hope it, it gives yeah, you Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I rephrase it in a shorter version, it would be like on the, on the company side, you are defining these goals that are more related to, to the market penetration. And, and I imagine that it's more like related to, to these revenue goals, etc. And then on the product side is, okay, what behaviors we need to change to achieve those goals? So it's part of the product strategy. Yes, and I think one of the... Um, one of the things that um, links the two is that we have certain users um, that or user roles that also play an important role in the buying process, so mm. a customer level. So that's where you create the link and where you, for example, when we have targets in the product, we focus on expanding um, more specifically um, the usage of the product for what we call meeting leaders, because mm -hmm. these are the people that also tend to be decision makers. And mm -hmm. so our assumption is that this contribution in the product will help like create opportunities to upsell but the right. upsell revenue target is with customer success yeah yeah makes sense makes sense okay that's a nice nice frame nice process by the way um and one last question because i think that uh, you made it sound simple but I, I i'm sure that it's more difficult is when you so you have these top-down company goals. You are trying to come up with the, the initiatives and the, and the proposal of goals for, for, for the product side. How do you actually select the opportunities 
that you will pursue. And I, I mean, what type of uh, prioritization you use or what type of tools you use to kind of map, map those opportunities and select the most uh, promising ones? Yes, that's a good question. I would, um, I would say that we can get a lot better at doing that. I don't feel that we're like super advanced. Um, but what we have done is an opportunity solution tree mapping exercise mm -hmm. um, with the product managers. And um, I think from, from the analysis, um, the, the connection to um, how do we drill down, like let's say product satisfaction, what are uh, potential measures or more leading indicators that uh, we want to move in order to achieve that? And then which are the opportunities that help us uh, move in that direction? Um, so we try to break down the metrics uh, in, in, in a tree, so to speak, and then map the opportunities that um, could influence those. Um, and we like we went through a voting process basically um, and one of the things that I try to do much more than last year is um, radically focus I think last year mm -hmm. I opened up the space more for product managers uh, to kind of say okay let's try to bet on these things and we have four different teams in the product and they all took out like the things from their perspective that they thought were the right ones to bet on. Um, and that created, um, I mean, it was beautiful for them to be super independent, but um, in some places we felt we missed the priority from a product perspective. So we turned it more around that we collected all of the opportunities and then we kind of decided together, okay, these are the two most important ones and these are the ones we're gonna bet on. You mentioned before that from a company perspective, you have a positioning. How that positioning um, yeah, influences your selection of those, let's say two opportunities that you selected? I don't think the position, yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, yes, the positioning does influence it. Um, what I have to say though, is that we, like the market that we, have like decided to go for isn't already at a stage of maturity where it's entirely the debate is entirely finished what the product should be <laughs> to <laughs> compete in that space um and that so part of the job that i see um, and that is part of the strategy is to say where are those boundaries um, mm. in, in, in positioning ourselves in that space. And that's also where competitors come in because it can be dangerous um, looking at competitors and just wanting to do everything that they do. And as a whole, you then just have, you know, a mix and match of things, but it's not yeah. like, it doesn't give you the competitive advantage to to wow um and to be differentiated and so the important part i think or the challenging part is how do we actually um, not get lost by positioning yeah. um but kind of define what it is yeah.
So if I hear this correctly, is you are saying we are we know who our target customer is, we know their needs before the exercise you mentioned before. So the the positioning is already there in the selections you are doing, and, and it's more about hey, let's not lose the focus by missing these target opportunities on the start customers. Yes, and I mean, I mean, to one of the things we did as homework is to, I mean, we talked about meetings and meeting management, right? We broke down what makes what we call an excellent meeting. Um, and so there's actually research out there that we have used and books, <laughs> um, and we broke it down to 22 touch points. Um, and um, now the question when, when I did the strategy was, okay, what is the goal that we want to achieve? Do we want to cover all 22, you know, on a level three, which is, you know, from one to five, or do we want to have some of them that, we're, that we're, we excel at? And the answer was, no, we want to excel at. Uh, those ones that are the most relevant for the meeting leaders, which is the role that is actually um, important, not just for product, but for sales as well. That's perfect. That, that, uh, that's why I meant with positioning, so I have much more clear enough. Thank you. Thank you for, for the example. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's uh, the sort of decision I was looking for. And I, I think that's a, a, great, um, a great entry point for, for my next question. Having a product that can serve so many needs, and, and maybe I, I, I must clarify, I imagine that you can have very different sort of meetings, for instance, a, you know, a board meeting in which decisions need to be really documented and I know who voted for what and whatever, versus I know a one-on-one -on -one when I have my, with my people, when I want to track the items, that's super informal. So that level of difference I'm talking about. So in, in which is kind of the, the way, and we have already been discussing this, which is the, the, the way to select opportunities that, uh, as you said, map to the target customers you are trying to aim for and do not distract you from others. I don't know if these, for example, the 22 items that you mentioned, do they serve for all meetings or you already have in mind uh, or you selected between those 22 based on the, the user group and the, and the needs you were trying to aim for? Mm. Um, we... What, what we differentiate with um, from a more fundamental perspective, um, also on company level, is between formal and informal meeting. So formal mm -hmm. meetings we define, I mean, they're still very broad, but <laughs> it's two or more people <laughs> that are coming together for the purpose of achieving a goal. And it's, uh, it's typically structured and has topics defined in advance. Um, and there's um, a set of like actions that are taken and minutes uh, that come out of it. So your one-on-one -on -one meeting or your coffee chat meeting, not part of our uh, domain. Now, within those formal meetings, as I mentioned, that's still very broad. Um, we come from a very small niche. So we used to really only serve boards and board uh -huh. meetings. And uh, the goal that we have set ourselves, and that's like the, let's say, from a business plan and like the iteration of the strategy that we're in from a company perspective is to expand outside of that small niche into other formal meetings, um, and especially also within the organization. Um, 
The job that we did last year that was really, really important um, from a company perspective, but also for the product, is to understand what does the next thing mean. Um, and um, one of the learnings I've done is that in the stage of the company where we're at, which I would define as a scale-up, so we're past like the first, you know, startup um, um, phase of growth um, in terms of a SaaS business. They usually say once you've hit your one million ARR um, revenue, mm -hmm. then you're past. I mean, and Chirpany has been past that for a while, but the next stage of growth is like once you, you know, you go from 10 to 100 million and there mm -hmm. you need to be super strict and focused in how you go to market and in the use case you serve, because otherwise it's really hard to scale. Um, and yeah. that's also, it's product, but it's also very much go to market. So it was really about what's the next thing. And first we said the next thing is leadership meetings, <laughs> which is like within an organization, the top 10% of the leaders. Okay. Well, our learning last year has been that, um, this is, that's too broad and too different. Um, and so we have found that executive meetings, so that's, that can be C-level or uh, C-1, minus 2, 3, but it's like um, meetings of executive leaders within an organization that they're holding on a regular basis with their team. This type of meeting is another use case that we can support well and is very similar to board meetings because it's about decisions, but also from a roles perspective, there's a dedicated person who organizes the meeting. So a person whose job it is to organize meetings. When we move out of that and we look at, for example, project meetings within organizations, that's not the case anymore. And so we realized that this was an entirely new use case. And we decided to define, like to um, build up a task force that is uh, cross-functional and super lean that almost works like a startup within um, Sherpany to work on that. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm opening up the conversation, but I think sure. what you said is what was a super important exercise for us um, is to understand those use cases and also to understand where we were already good at and where the product fit really well and we could continue to invest just to improve the functionality we have and where it's different and new and we need to um, go much more into discovery mode. That's super interesting. I have so many questions. I will try to, to organize my thoughts, but super, super interesting. Um, so my, my, my first question or remark almost is that sounds very interesting because you seem to have switched from um, User segment this 10% of the company, the leaders, to a much more use case base, which I think feels more like product led almost because it's kind of a where my product can do the next step, right? Yes. Yeah. And maybe going into the details of that, how did you? I mean, let's go to, to, to the past. How do you actually come up with, to say, hey, we think about what's the next thing? To me, that's super strategy uh, decision-making. So how did you select it in the, in the first place? 
let's go for the 10% of the company the, the company leaders um i have to be like honest that i haven't been part of that conversation um because it was still the time before i joined Tripany. um where i was part of the conversation was they said top 10% of leaders and they talked about let's do like product for leaders <laughs> like very open and generic okay. and 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 so i was like no oh, let's bring it back to meetings <laughs> for leaders um the, and the top 10 percent i do think that it's not entirely off um when you think about the like if you think about really large organizations who are the leaders who have the most formal meetings and where most of the decisions sit within an organization, especially if they're not flat, but more um, hierarchical. Um, so I think those were some of the assumptions behind it. Um, but I think the learning that we have done has been really as you say, probably the more we looked at it also from a product perspective, but even sales, you know, the feedback we received was giving us questions. Do we have product market fit? That's how the whole discussion kind of started in the company. They were saying, mm -hmm. oh, do we really have product market fit? Do we really have a product that we can sell? And the homework we had to do is really look into understanding that and understanding where we are successful already today and where we're not. And, and that's where we, we realized how important it was to become more specific. But we also looked, um, I mean, we looked at our, our customer base uh, in this analysis phase and looking at the type of meetings they already do with our product, we discovered that a lot of them already have these executive meetings, at least the top ones, is the, really the, the, the top most mm -hmm. Um, uh, executive team that is using Sherpany already for their meetings. And so <laughs> the, like the natural answer was, well, we do have, and it's already beyond the board. Um, but we also realized that we didn't know fully the answer to why <laughs> and what they were using in the product. And um, interestingly, then we also like really made a deep dive because we do a lot of interviews and research. Who are we doing this research with and who are we getting feedback through the channels that we're having? And this kind of helped us get to that picture and have a shared understanding. Yes, this is what we already are good at. And, and, and then there's a whole world that we don't know yet. Um, yeah. 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 I have two questions that are again super super interesting. It sounds like you um, you use one of those insights in which to say, hey, this is what my product is for, but people is using slightly differently. Let's explore that and, and, and make become better at, at doing that other use case. Um, one question that comes to mind is, I mean, there, there is a huge trade-off in saying, hey, I will focus on this. I know. 5% of the company, because in C level is probably less than 10, versus I will go for the other 95% of the, of the company, which may have a, a bigger a bigger leap uh, between our product functionality, but on the other hand, it's a much broader market. How, how do you actually come up with that trade-off? And, and I mean, is there any anything 
is that part of the selection process or was kind of more focused on oh, let's keep building on what we are doing good? Mm. I mean, the long term is clear where we want to go and it's that big. Like, okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but yes. what what the exercise was now was to be really clear and focused. And as I mentioned, go to market is key here on what works today and where are we good at today? And also from where do we naturally expand from where we come from? Like if you, you know, we have like hundreds of customers and they're using us at the top of the organization. So if we can, if we manage to take them on the journey, it should be easier than win new customers in like a big, big scenario. Yeah. And in that sense, our thought process also goes into, so how are the meetings connected? And board meetings are connected with executive meetings because often you have to prepare topics. And so that's, and you know, what is connected to executive meetings? Well, there we already see that there's more of the organization who's actually participating in those and we're trying to win them as users contributing into those meetings so that then, so we have like, um, like a, what's the natural growth path that yeah. we can accompany into the organization um, by doing that. Um, but then we also said we do want to invest a dedicated team that has no goals attached to them in terms of revenue and so on um, this year to explore what's next and to come up with that next opportunity. So one thing that uh, I'm, I'm at least uh, catching from, from what you are saying is that this seems like a very well thought and, and understood longer term strategy. I mean, you say, hey, we are kind of going, uh, cascading our way top down to the entire organization. My question is, you mentioned a very strict and formal yearly strategy process, which sounds great. Do you have this longer term, more clearly defined some, somehow? Mm. Like the where we want to go. What you just explained, kind of, uh, exactly, not only kind of, yes, we are aiming for, so that will be more like a vision. The vision is yes, we're going for really, really for everyone. But this, I mean, you made me think about the, the Tesla example, in which, hey, we with, the, with this uh, sport car and with the money of a sport car, we build a, a cheaper car and then with that money, we build an even cheaper car. So that's all thinking of, of going to the masses. And, and mm. it seems, I mean, at least uh, how you tell it seems super well thought and understood. Uh, my question is, is that part of some, some sort of uh, yeah, living document or, or, or living expression for the company? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a sensible topic with me at the moment because <laughs> it, in my head it's very clear, <laughs> but it's not documented and communicated in a way that it's clear for everyone in the organization, to our board and so on. Um, I think to be, I, I think what we have, so we have the vision, but then we also have like a five year outlook on the goals we want to achieve and the strategy we mm -hmm. usually do for three years. Um, so, mm -hmm. um, and what I 
realize, I mean, the more we go on, the clearer the picture becomes. I would lie to you if I would say that two years ago, I had all of this clarity about these steps that I'm talking about now. Um, but I do, and one of the, the things that I'm trying to do at the moment, which is a bit detached from that yearly strategy process is being able to actually put some of these things into, uh, you know, it, into ways that I can communicate them better in a, in a way that scales. Right now, I think I can do that well in one-to-one. And, you know, I don't have so many product managers, so it's still okay that it's in a one-to-one format. But um, the, um, yeah, the one-to-many isn't there yet. Well, I think we can do a, a very small clip of what you just said, and you can broadcast it to the to the organization. <laughs> so yes. super clear. <laughs> Interesting. So the, the second question I have related to what you said, but it's totally different. So sorry for, for changing your speed. But you mentioned having this uh, this team that is looking into the pet for the future, and. Um, to be, if you put it in terms of strategic frameworks, this looks like uh, what Google does with, for instance, the 70-20-10, in which they say, hey, we are investing 10% invest for the future, 20% expansion, and so on. Um, are you con- consciously doing this, or what's kind of a one-off one of, uh, let's, let's do this bet for, for expansion? How, how did it play in kind of the decision-making? Mm, we asked ourselves, should we have a 70 20 10? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. Or, or should we have like, should we explicitly say, for example, how much we still invest in the board use case, how much we invest in the executive and how much we invest in the leadership? Um, and this year we decided to not do that yet, but um, observe and track better. Um, and what we have learned last year is by nature, um, we do, I mean, we talk to existing customers in a lot of the, and a lot of the feedback we receive is from existing customers. And so that is very much rooted into the existing reality. When we do research and discovery, we already try to push the boundaries of that. Um, and so the way it plays out that is that we are um, like the insights and the discovery is biased towards the future. Um, mm-hmm. But we, yeah, we 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 ask ourselves: Should we have those um, those percentages? And we said no at the moment. Not we don't know enough to kind of be confident mm-hmm. to set percentages. But let's observe. And let's see how much we invest where, and let's decide if we need to change or shift that. And the the initiative now with this team was more of a, right now we said, okay, let's run that for a year, and then let's decide if we should continue and how we should continue. Um, so, very very interesting. Um, so I think I have one last question related to this that uh, probably we kind of go through it, but. You mentioned, or we said, kind of, we, we shunned to uh, user segment to uh, use case sort of strategy. I 
I will assume that from a product perspective, you have a lot to, to say about that. So my, my question, going back to what you said before about the, the CEO coming with the top-down goals, is really close to, uh, the, to, to the product or is some sort of uh, input you give to make those, uh, those decisions? Mm. I, again, this might be a bit special um, in the the role I have, um, but I am kind of like driving or facilitating a lot of these conversations, even the ones about what's the wow. right use case and where do we have product market fit or not. And that comes also with, with a background in, in the experience that I have and I brought to the table. Um, but I do, I mean, in those moments, I do have to take the a part of the management team on the journey and one of the things we worked a lot on in the last iteration in that sausage making was that we had <laughs> that we agreed with clarity um, from sales, from customer success, from product, and the CEO was part of those conversations as well. Where do we have that fit, and where we just we need to scale? Where do we have it, but we are not ready to repeat? So we still need to invest in the go-to-market clarity before we can scale. And where do we not have it? And that was like, and it was at the intersection of those departments. And I, in that, I mean, I think it was more of a facilitation role that I took there. Um, also, I mean, our company is not huge. Maybe there's strategy departments who do some of that um, in, in other companies. Well, yeah. To be honest, I think this super resonates with something I, I a few weeks ago I spoke with Mark Abraham, uh, probably from Intercom, and he was saying like, product is usually in a very special place to moderate the discussions, not necessarily to take the decisions, but since you have connections to everyone, you know the information and things like that, you can kind of clearly call out the, the trade-offs or decisions that need to be made. And then, yeah, you have a kind of special sweet spot in the, in the product role to make those uh, conversations. So. Yeah, yeah. I think where, where we took more of the lead was um, when it comes to what users should we focus on and awakening the organization to the fact that um, those users were not just important for the product, but also for customer success to grow and also for sales mm -hmm. to expand. And um, historically, we had been focusing more on the meeting organizers. So these are the people who use the product a lot, but they're not the buyers or the decision makers. <laughs> and, um, and, and and I mean, I detected that when I did the exercise with the company and with my team, when I realized we know way too little. <laughs> and these people are key to have good meetings so we need to focus and then it was aha for me to say we shouldn't just focus it from the product perspective but also in the other departments so that and that's where i think we led more from product side to kind of drive um and and put the focus on a company perspective priority on on yeah. this role super super interesting um, I think we have covered a lot of ground, a lot of learnings there, but my usual closing question is what I have not asked. What's you know, something that you have learned about even these topics or something different about strategy that you would like to share? Yeah, I think one of the things that I want to share absolutely is this, the analysis part of the strategy. And 
even though it's a yearly process, I have learned how valuable it is to take time to really dig deep to understand where you stand, what you know, what you don't know. Um, and that then informs, um, yeah, the initiatives, um, but also the, the indicators that help us um, learn as well. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. by all means, <laughs> strategies, learning, as, as, as anything you do in product. And so um, you, I mean, I think it's really hard to get it right the first time that you set goals and you know exactly what you need to do to achieve them. But then next year, you should be a step ahead to understand what works and what doesn't. And, you know, where do you make the changes? And uh, the analysis moment is, is, is a great one. The second one I would highly recommend is to try to take your team as much as possible on the journey with you because, um, I mean, the process is long, right? It's from mid-year to November that we're doing that. And on one hand side, you could say, I don't want them to be distracted um, by what's mm-hmm. going on. But on the other hand, you want their input and you want them to be ready once it's clear to kind of run with it, <laughs> to, you know, know what it is that will go into discovery and um and and if we do need to make shifts that they're that they're prepared ahead because they then lead the change within the product organization so product managers and designers need to be ready um and 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 have followed your process to to be there so if not, they lack context. So, I mean, the, the, this bridge from, from strategy to execution, if you lack that context, is super, super hard. So don't don't wait until it's final because things will change. I mean, I sometimes just share drafts and ask them if they can give me feedback or input um, in terms of if there's something that's not clear or so on. So I, I take them on the journey in the process and I get really valuable input, but it's also just a means of... Uh, them being on board. That's super interesting. So th- thank you. That was a v- very nice closing for the strategy conversation. And then I usually close with some rapid fire questions to relax a bit or not relax, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Relaxing for you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just one question, one, one phrase answer. Um, but the, the first one is what is the most important tool that you use in your day-to-day product management work? <laughs> I'm going to say, it's going to sound weird. I'm going to say Slack because it's our main communication tool and communication is like key in everything I do. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, the second one is, what is your favorite product management interview question? I, I really like asking what is something that they are proud of that they have achieved? and then deep diving into that to understand why and how did they measure that and and so on. It gives me a lot of context into so, how they understand product management. And the last one, an 18 year old person approached you and said, hey, I want to go to, to work in product management in the future. What career should I study? 
what would you recommend? I would go into, because I find it super interesting and I think it's really relevant into behavioral um, economics or psychology because it's about understanding people and that will be super valuable um, other than it's interesting to study. <laughs> well, that's it from my side. Thank you so much, Nina, for all the, the, the experience, all the, the wisdom you shared today. Is there anything else or any, any message that we want to say to the listeners, any, any word they can, any place they can find you, anything you want to tell them? Um, they can find me um, on LinkedIn or Twitter. I love having conversations with product managers and leaders uh, learning from each other. So um, yeah, that would be it. Thank you so much again for your time today and we'll catch up soon.